headed back in. Twindon! A second of the game for Van Veen, and he is loving it! Cornelius on the edge of the ball! Oh, How special is that for his first Motherwell goal? Slatnik and he shot away! It's a fantastic strike! And it's thundered in by Liam Grimshaw! What a moment for him! The fans' favourite! Hello and welcome to the MFC podcast. It's been a while since we last recorded, so we've got a Bit bit to talk about tonight, and to look back at it all, I'm joined by Pepe and Jaffa. How's it going, guys? Well, good, good to be back. Yeah, it's a delight to be on with you guys. And as I've already mentioned, a lot to to go back on. I don't think we actually recorded across the whole month of October, so plenty of games. Unfortunately, a lot of defeats to look back on in October. But let's start with the the major positive and that was the fact that the month would end with a 1-0 victory at Tannadice last Saturday. Sondre Johansson gets his first goal for the club, early doors, Tony Watt then delightfully sent off. That red card since has been overturned and I'm sure we'll get on to, to talk about VAR and the what's and whatnots of that later on. Pepe, in terms of the significance of that result, can you put into context how important that was? Because we were getting into a bit of a, a losing habit. The league was getting tighter and tighter, and you're just beginning to look over your shoulder a wee bit. That one moves the team back into the top half of the, the table. And now you're looking into these last three games, thinking that if we can get positive result at Hearts, maybe go to McDermott Park and win, take something from Celtic, you never know. Uh but there's there's opportunities there now to to go into the World Cup break in quite a healthy position. Yeah, it was good to to get to get a victory, probably the most underwhelming performance since since Stevie Hamill's taking over. Um, but if you'd said to us before the game kicked off, you'd win one 0 then you'd, every every Motherwell fan would have taken it. Watching it, slightly disappointing that they go down to ten men. And we don't capitalise and really go for the jugular. But at the end of the day, it was game management. And that's what we said. To win, when a team needs to win ugly. Um, I think Stevie Hamill put it well after it. Um, his summary of the game. And, and that's one major positive that I've, I've found for Stevie Hamill. Come in. He's, I've quite enjoyed listening to his posting uh, pre-match uh, interviews. Um, but... The question he asked, put it in context, the, the three points, it's massive because getting in three points away from home is always, is always great, but you're in such a tough run of fixtures. Really, you're saying now we, we could go into a positive light and, and continually look up the way, whereas if we can beat in that game, it's really going to cause us some issues because we're looking as if we're going to be in a relegation battle. So overall, the result was was massive, and gives us that wee bit of breathing space from really overly worrying 
it's early in the season still about relegation, but, but, but it does make you um, give you breathing space, which is massive for 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 us at this time of the season. It is going to be awkward this season, isn't it? We us having such a a, a big break um, in November when we're used to to um, having games coming rapid. That is so. So yeah, it's, it, it sets it up good. And if you look back, we'll probably probably won't have a tougher set of fixtures than what we've had over the last few weeks. Yeah, that's it. We've had the congested fixture list a little earlier in the season than we would normally anticipate. And Jaffa, that coincided with a, a really rough run of injuries. And again, there's, there's a few talking points around the injuries mounting up at Fur Park just now. But the, the squad's come through that run and I think that that's kind of testimony to, to Stevie Hamill that he has managed to keep the positivity up. There was times where a bit of negativity from the support was beginning to creep in. And with the best will in the world, you're, you're going to get that when you're on a, a negative run of results. But Pepe's point is really valid as well. We have recorded in October because I was just checking the dates of the games, but the you went to Easter Road, then that's followed up by a visit from Rangers, you've then got Celtic in the Cup, you've got Aberdeen coming to Fur Park. All games that historically we lose more than we win. And albeit we don't normally have them all back to back and we don't lose every one of them, but it was quite feasible and we said that going into the, the Ross County game, how important it was to get points there because there might be limited opportunities in the run of fixtures that was coming up. That turned out to be the case, but Stevie Hamill's managed to keep the, the squad ticking over, keep their heads up, and to go and show that grit and determination, it's, it's, it's every bit as good as, as going to Ross County and winning 5-0 for me, because it was just so imperative we got that result. Totally. It was equally important to get the one against London United as it was to get the win against Ross County, um, for exactly the same reasons. Kind of, kind of going into the Ross County game, uh, it was obviously as you said, it's a hard run of fixtures. And you've got to play all these teams. It's just a shame that sort of, kind of the 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 fixture list kind of managed to put them all together for us. But um, as Pepe said, kind of, you would take if you would have took a one 0 victory over Dundee United if it had been offered to you before before the game kicked off because as as he also said kind of Dundee if Dundee United had beat us then obviously kind of Ross County were playing on the Sunday and kind of technically we could have been only one point ahead off the bottom of the league um sort of going into this weekend so it was absolutely massive to just to obviously sort of it did take us into the top six at that point um but I mean, obviously, sort of everything is so condensed again. Kind of this season, it's just good to get three points away from the bottom, um, and sort of who knows what's going to happen over the over these last three three games before this flat. It's I'm looking at it sort of kind of targeting targeting four points would like six would be absolutely delighted with seven and kind of absolutely blown away. And be cursed in the World Cup if we get nine. So, um, I it's I mean it is the roller coaster he kind of be following. Well, we'll obviously take away the cup game, and it's although sort of after the Ross County game we've lost three league games. It's we've lost them. We've we've lost all of them by one goal. 
um, and sort of there's there was chances in each of them that kind of that we could have took. Then, and obviously you you mentioned there's there's VR to sort of be factored into it as well. Um, I, and kind of I, I just think kind of I think we're still we're still in that phase of kind of I think the World Cup break will come at a, at a nice time for Hamill. Um, with the injuries that we've got, hopefully get some of them back. But also give it'll also give Stevie Hamill a chance to actually work with the players over a sustained period because he hasn't actually had that time apart from sort of like international breaks. So it'll give him another chance to do that because I mean effectively he's he's sort of still working with with players who are still kind of recovering from the Alexander mindset, still kind of trying to buy into to Stevie Hamill's philosophy, which we can see as fans on the pitch kind of what he's changed about it. Um and it's I'm I'm kinda of quite excited about the about the, the sort of remainder of the season. And it's uh I, I just think kind of he still has me. I'm still bought into to the Hamill thing. I don't think the, the kind of honeymoon period is over. It's, I think he's got good ideas. I think unfortunately we've been we've been a wee bit unfortunate we we sort of all the injuries Basically, coming into one the one sort of end of the field, so I it's I, I'm kind of I'm hopeful and sort of quite happy about what I'm seeing uh, and and kind of I just looking forward to to kind of seeing where we're going now as opposed to uh, start a season wondering whether football was really for me anymore. <laughs> but I uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, mate. And Pepe, the the VR decisions in the first two weeks of operation have been a a massive talking point. I'm not really going to go back over the previous four or five games. I'm going to concentrate on the the one that we won because I'm just fickle like that. But uh, the the major talking point from Saturday's game was the sending off of Tony Watt for what looked to me as a pretty reckless challenge in Sean Goss. Now, there was a bit of a mixed reaction to it um, in terms of those that were very much for it being a red card, and then there was others that felt it was quite unjust and that Tony Watt had maybe pulled out of the challenge somewhat. In the end, today it was announced that the red card has been overturned. Tony Watt will be available for Dundee United's game at the weekend. First of all, what was your take on the decision to order off Tony Watt? And secondly, how have you found the the experience of VAR being introduced to Scottish football? Um. Listen, the, the strange thing is that the fact that it's Tony Watt makes influences your, your, your decision somewhat. If you take him out of the equation, I personally don't think it merited a red card. Um, but what I don't understand is is that the referee who has then went and viewed it in the monitor has reviewed it, it and to what he's got... Um, he believes it to be a red card, which he believes constitutes the 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 serious foul play, um, which is a straight red card. So for that then to be rescinded, I don't quite understand that. Um, I would love to, if you could enlighten me, I've no time to research it. Has there been a VAR decision that's been um, appealed in such a, a way as this? Because I thought that's what it was meant to negate. So for me, that's the main thing. Taking up what Liam Fox had said, he said that he's seen angles that would show that it wasn't a red card and the referee was only showing the angles that it was a red card. 
for me, that's the angles that the referee needs to see. Um, he needs to see what the, the offence is. If you look at it, if you show him an angle that, uh, that it's not a red card, would we have? Would what would have happened then? If they would there be this uh, outcry that oh, you never seen this angle? It should be what happens on. There should be a rule that you can't appeal a VAR decision. I think it's ridiculous. But that sounds a bit two-faced because I've said that I don't think it was a red card. And um, I, thought, I thought a yellow card sufficed, to be, to be honest with you. But that was the referee's decision. And it's maybe a wee bit of pressure for him as well because once they get something to the monitor, it probably takes a, a, a bit of balls for them to say, no, I'm quite happy with it being a yellow card or whatever. Um, in relation to the experience at the game, it's, I, I, I don't know. Certainly, I've been to a couple of games at Anfield, and I think if first park, it was just a wee bit different. I felt as if the whole thing kind of rushed through it. I, I wasn't even aware, getting into the um, Aberdeen game, I wasn't 100% sure that it was going to be VR. I, I had read it, and it was only going to be the Hibs and Johnson. And I think when my wee boy Ben jinxed it, he said, oh, Dad, I hope we get a decision that we can actually see VR. 30 seconds later, Aberdeen got a... A disallowed goal allowed, so I'm we'll blame it all on him. It does make it a wee bit different. Uh, it certainly does. Your your mindset changes every time that there's a goal. You think, oh, is this going to get chopped off, or there's a potential red card? Is this going to get looked at? So I think it's too early to say what your overall experience is. It's certainly different, and I don't know if it's better or worse. There's, there's good and bad. It's certainly going to be good if it's in your favour, but it's going to be bad if you, for like example, what happened to us um, against Aberdeen. But for me, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I think football should just be given the referee's choice and then we'll talk about it later. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. All good. But we'll live and learn, I suppose. Is, is it? Um, we'll sit in the fence with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the, the idea evolves and it's just been a wee bit kind of slapdash for me in terms of the introduction was was fast forwarded and I, I think that it would have been a, a smarter idea to to wait until the, the World Cup break and then you've got an opportunity to to get your referees so up to speed with it and get them more familiar with it but I suppose there's always going to be the first week of something that, and that's clearly where there's been a lot of scrutiny on every refereeing decision. In terms of whether a VAR decision has ever been let overturned on appeal, I, I, I've got no recollection of, of a time where that has happened. And it wasn't actually really something that I've, I've considered coming into this podcast and the, the aftermath of Tony Watts one being overturned. I'm, I'm sure there was maybe an incident with a, a red card somewhere that that that's happened but as you you rightly pointed out it's there to negate wrong conclusions and wrong decisions so to have something like that happen in the second week it's not a it's not a great advert for VAR uh, and I think that just now there's people that are, are very much against it and maybe it's just the unfamiliarity of it and even the kind of I don't think the ground slip for Parker are ideally suited to that kind of technology experience as well. It's it's a wee bit strange that you just yeah. kind of feel a bit lost as to what's going on. 
The other thing I'll point out, the other thing I'll say in relation to the whole Tony Watt situation, it's just unfortunate it's him because I feel as if we talk about him more than any other player, um, is that the referee, the VAR referee, I think was um, Monroe, uh, has viewed it and he's obviously thought it was a red card. So that's one um, referee that's thought it's a red card. He's then done, populated the, the footage that John Beaton has viewed. He's then thought it's a red card. So he spent about a two referee, two professional referees to have viewed it and came to a decision. Now, for the, the panel to then overturn that, no matter what I think, if it's a red card or not, for me, I, I could not believe it. It's almost like saying VR's not working here, let's just wrap it. It's a fair, it's a fair assessment in terms of it's also kind of undermining the authority of the, the referees even that bit more, which I'm pretty sure they'll already feel a wee bit on the back foot, given that it has been rushed through and there has been so much attention placed on it uh, over the first couple of weekends. It's it's just been... I, I, I do sympathise with the, the referees somewhat, but I, I think that at times... Scottish football doesn't really help itself and this is another one of these examples whether you're for it or against it I think the, deci- the, the decision the decision to introduce VAR at the midway point in the season or, or just before the midway point of the season as the case may be is really bizarre as well because we're going to have the what about it when it comes to decisions that perhaps would have been given in the first 10 or 11 games of the season that weren't, but then given in a, a similar set of circumstances later on, it, it's just been a bit haphazard and kind of what we expect from those that, that run our game. I think that having a an experienced referee on the VAR as well is maybe a bit problematic, whereas, and I say that because of the, the fact that you're going to have referees who maybe feel a wee bit more pressurised by a, a more senior figure in their ear going over decisions and, and maybe that's what's happened in a few occasions so far it's, uh, we just simply don't we're not privy to that information of course though No, I, I, I think it's been a shambles so far obviously sort of two weeks in um, and sort of based based on the two games the two games that, that I've watched with Motherwell being involved in and there's been there's been sort of two really contentious decisions uh, one one going against us, one going for us. Um, and can obviously sort of in the first game against Aberdeen, obviously Aberdeen have scored two goals in the first kind of ten minutes, both sort of looked at for for offside for for minutes. I was sat in the Cooper stand and knew that the first one was onside and the second one was offside. And that was the decisions they came to after minutes, which was just seemed utterly bizarre to me. Uh, and then obviously kind of Apparently, they did look at the, the the penalty on Tierney in the first half and sort of came to, came to a decision in seconds that that wasn't. And then they're, they're trying to sell us that they kind of looked at all three of the, the penalty decisions right at the end of the game with the, the shirt tug and, and Lamy, the handball, and the, the, kind of the, the big defender coming right through the back of Kevin Van Veen. They looked at that in seconds and decided that none of the three of them were penalties. And then obviously sort of the Tony Watt decision on Saturday, it's I, I'm like Pepe. It's, I didn't think it was a red card. I didn't think it was a red card at the time. 
But the thing is, it's like you see the you see the highlights of it again, and it's the referee standing three yards away from it, and he's looking at that and decides that decides that there's nothing in it at all and ways play on, which I think is the, the the biggest shocker of the whole thing because it's quite clearly a foul and probably a yellow card. Uh, you see Tony Watt's reaction after he's done it. I don't think there's any malice in it. I don't think he's going to hurt him. It's kind of you're seeing all these kind of guys saying, "Oh, he's the professional," saying, "Oh, he's pulling out of the challenge, pulling out of the challenge," and it's like, well, that doesn't make it not a foul, um, and it doesn't make it not a booking if you're pulling out a challenge. It's like that that that's never said about any other kind of decision, um, and it's like I don't know, sort of, it doesn't matter what angle, kind of the. Liam Fox has apparently seen this from. It's, it maybe shows that it isn't a red card, but it certainly doesn't show that it isn't a foul um, and isn't a yellow card. But as I say, the, the referee is three yards away and waves play on. And it's my worry is that kind of he he maybe thinks that could be a red card, so I'm not going to make any decision until the ball goes out of play, and I'll leave it to the VAR official. And the VAR official has said to him, "I think you maybe want to have a look at it." And when he's went over. And he's went over thinking, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then he's seen the, the thing where there is contact and just immediately kind of goes to goes for the red card. I, I just don't think, I didn't think that sort of any of it was right. Um, although it was funny that it was it was Tony Watt. Um, but the, the fact that he sort of took it, I kind of thought, maybe maybe there was a wee bit more in it than I, than I first thought because it's like, he doesn't put up any 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 sort of histrionics about being sent off and kind of and as I said, as soon as he's made the challenge, the referees wave play on. Tony Watts immediately stopped and put his hands up in the air. I think worrying that he's going to get sent off. Um, so I, I don't know. As so far, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, and it's can also sort of worry that I think it was rushed through and it wasn't sort of it wasn't rolled out to the fans, letting the fans know exactly what's going to be looked into. Because one of the things that, that sort of that I've seen about it is they'll, they'll be able to go back to a certain passage of play, kind of when they're when they're looking at goals to see whether there's a foul in the build up and stuff like that. But one of the things that it does is like it cuts off play if like if the ball goes out of play, then they, they don't go back beyond that. So the the thing is, it's like if if you score a goal from from a from a corner kick where they're maybe looking at uh, whether kind of there's any jostling or pushing in the box, but they give the goal, they don't look to see whether it was a corner in the first place. Like it could be a terrible decision that the refs gave a corner, but that's never taken into consideration, even though it's quite easy to look to see whether or not that is. And I just don't understand when you've got the technology, why don't you use it? And it's but I'm also kind of a wee bit worried that in the first two weeks it seems as if they're kind of really over reliant on it. It looks as if they're making decisions after sort of the ball's going out of play, um, just so that they can bring the VAR in just to confirm the decisions that kind of that they're not quite sure about. And it's I just I think it's I think there's going to be a contentious decision in an old firm game and kind of then it'll get banned. So um, that, that's my opinion on it so far. But the thing is, Jaffa, though, see what you're saying there. Uh, uh, it doesn't really bother me that that uh, if it's a contentious decision or or not. What 
they need. But I'm disappointed about is that the event and reneged on it so early on. So it opens up the book for everybody to, to now go on and say, do you know what? I don't agree with that decision. Um, oh, I'm going to appeal it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I, I totally agree with that. It's, I think, can Andy say that as well? It's like, I think there should be a road. The fact that can I, the fact you've brought VAR in now to sort of to check on the big decisions because there's only certain decisions that they check on, like goals, goals, penalties and, and kind of potential sendings off they're the three things that they look into now if if you've got a guy if you've got somebody in a van monitoring television screens and being able to look at all different angles of it then that that should be that should shouldn't be a contentious decision that they then they come back with um it should be well uh, it wasn't sort of made in the heat of the, the moment by the referee on the park. It was it was made by somebody kind of looking at the looking at the highlights on TV screens. So that can't be. I don't think that. I think the you, you take that away. You can't. You can't appeal that. So again, I'm probably going to make a kind of a pie in the sky argument here, right? But if you can appeal a red card, I'm not asking for a game to be replayed. What's to stop Mullerow saying, well, we should have had a penalty. Everybody thought we should have had a penalty. VAR never gave it. I'm not expecting us to say, right, well, we'll everybody come back in, have one penalty, Mullerow get a draw. But the whole point is that it seems that you can appeal That's happened. It's happened in the past since VAR came in. A game's finished and they went off and it was a late penalty decision. And the VAR has had a look at it and said it is a penalty. So they brought the teams back out for the uh, from the changing rooms to take a penalty. That would just be too sensible for us, wouldn't it? Um, it just seems a bit uh, a shambles, and and hopefully it gets rectified. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. The reason it's been brought in the room is to try and iron out all these faults before the the first old firm game to suit them to. No, that's possibly the underlying reason. The other thing I. I'd like to add on it is I think that it's very much a tool that will benefit armchair football supporters, but it's a much, much lesser degree those who are who are in the stadium. They're not gonna enjoy the, the because I I don't think there is a great deal of drama. There's there's almost a cautiousness that you celebrate a goal with with VAR in place because you know that you're Quite likely to have a a lengthy check. It's, it's got to be the most obvious goal ever scored to uh, to be able to confidently celebrate and uh, international games and uh, games down south that had been bitten with. You got to celebrate prematurely, and two minutes later, you're thinking, "God, I must have looked like an idiot there because I get overexcited about a goal that that didn't stand." It's uh, yeah, it takes away quite a lot of the joy, I think. Uh, and and while it could be argued that it throws up dramatic sets of circumstances, I saw the conclusion to the Spurs game last week against Sporting Lisbon alongside the Atletico Madrid game against... Uh, oh, I can't remember. It finished in, in Atletico Madrid getting a penalty right at the death. Uh, and it was the kind of circumstances where the referee had blown the full-time whistle. The players are, are leaving the park, but he's consulted VAR. The players are then told to remain on the park for the penalty. And yeah, that was exciting to watch. But again, I'm sitting on the, 
the couch watching it. I'm not in inside the stadium, not having that that kind of moment of elation in terms of a, a goal being scored like it was at, at Spurs and then uh, subsequently ruled out. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely got some very obvious flaws. But I, I think that at a time where the product is under a lot of scrutiny and people are working out whether they believe that Scottish football merits the amount of money they're paying to, to go and watch it, then, then this could be another catalyst to turn fans away from football grounds, which is a is a dangerous game to play. Well, certainly. I mean, uh, I've been on Saturday, I'm going off topic here, but the pricing of the game uh, is just beyond a joke. We could spend, we've said this before, spend a full podcast, but you're right. Uh, uh, every time that, that something happens now, there's a goal. Even when... when um, I may or may not have watched it in a stream on uh, on Saturday. You still thought, right, is this going to get get sent off? And I know you did say that, I'm Cheers fan, but I find myself more so being, it's been, you're more switched on to it when you're watching it on the TV because you think, right, you're in that, that zone. So it's going to have, have a major effect, but I think it's just like anything, as human beings, most days don't like change and it's probably just going to be something that we need to wait till we get used to and talk about. Remember the days we didn't have here, um, and there'll be a day it will come that it will go in our favour, um, and we'll probably be saying, "Oh, thank God for VAR," you know. So, so we just need to move with the times, I think, um, and not dwell on it, and just need to accept that it's it's here and it's not going to go away. Um, let's be honest about it. No, it's certainly not, and hopefully something that does go away. And I hope you like that we segue there as the mountain injury problems at the club last week it was confirmed that Joe Efford and it really kind of just shows the transformation in Joe Efford that my initial reaction was one of just real disappointment that the Joe Efford has been ruled out until at least the end of the World Cup break then earlier today Rolando Ahrens who has not featured since the 3-0 defeat against Hearts at the start of October. He has returned to Huddersfield. He hadn't kicked a ball since then. A player that arrived at the football club with a reputation for being very, very injury prone. and It's going to be something that that gets levelled when discussing our recruitment coming up to deadline day. Rolando Ahrens comes in makes a handful of, of substitute appearances. Uh, you've got Louis Moult, who's come in and has yet to, to start a match as well. It's, uh, it's a massive risk. It was a massive risk to bring these these two in, given their, their reputation for picking up injuries. And so far, Jaffa, as, as much as it pains to say, mate, uh, to say and, and especially in the case of Louis Moult, is two risks that haven't paid off. I totally. It's kind of, it really is, when you sort of think about it now, you kind of think in sort of the precarious position we were in as a club at that point. Um, and sort of these these two were sort of seen as like a, a kind of a last throw of the dice. And it's like they've, they've given us, so far they've given us nothing. Um, obviously, Rolando Aaron's that's over with. We're not going to see him in a mother old shot. Uh, Obviously, kind of when it 
the, the news came out about Super Joey Efford going out until after the World Cup. It was also sort of caveated that Louis Moult was going to be out for ten for at least ten days. Um, uh, the injury wasn't as bad as he as was first feared, and then sort of he was named on the bench for the Dundee United game. Um, so hopefully, kind of hopefully that's a little bit of good news that sort of he's maybe he's maybe sort of on the on the brinky sort of getting getting something maybe sort of get some minutes in the last three games and then sort of is basically gets a, a proper like pre-season into him during the World Cup break and is ready to go and ready to start um, straight after the World Cup uh, break um, sort of over Christmas and New Year but uh, I it's kind of when you look back at it now and kind of think if if we didn't get those sort of early results we under Hamill these these kind of uh, these signings that, that we made kind of would maybe look even worse and uh, especially sort of being hung around Hamill's neck um, along with terrible form. So I'm glad that we've sort of, that's that's been sort of taken away, but it's we've definitely looked light up front just now, obviously with the with kind of Moult and Efford both being injured and sort of obviously sort of things, things maybe sort of aren't, aren't working out so great with we sort of shields and Tierney, they aren't really sort of kicking on the way that the way that probably that the club hoped it would. Um and sort of it still looks to me as if Kevin Van Veen is playing through injury. He still seems to be sort of struggling with his shoulder. Um at times during games you sort of see him sort of like kind of favouring the favouring an arm and stuff like that. So it's it is that's all sort of that's all kind of things that, that kind of hopefully the, the World Cup break will all sort of sort out. But uh, I, it's the, the injuries are are an issue. They seem to have been sort of starting to become an issue for us. Where we went through a run where kind of we we kind of largely sort of didn't have massive injury tr- troubles in these last couple of seasons. We seem to be they seem to be coming in in sort of big chunks, sort of all in the one position as well. Kind of last season that was sort of seemed to be all our defenders were were kind of injured at the one time. Um, so I that that's a worry. It's a worry, and it's. You don't know what what you put it down to. Obviously, sort of all these guys go through medicals, um, but I suppose you've got to take into consideration sort of their past injury history as well. Uh, obviously, sort of, I think Louis Moult was was very much a one of well, we know what he's done for the club before. Hopefully, he can do it again, and we, we kind of hopefully sort of he's getting over the the injury troubles that he's had since he left Motherwell. Sort of. Obviously, sort of, it was kind of well publicised how many starts he had made in the four and a half seasons that he'd been away from us. So, um, aye, it's kind of hopefully, as I said, hopefully this will all sort itself out over the next couple of weeks and and kind of it won't come back to haunt us. She just in relation to taking that wee bit, couple of points a bit further um, for what you've said. Haven't like you've said? I totally agree with you again, but um, I'm not going to go into the, the gamble that we had with. We Moult um, and uh, Arms, yeah, it's, it's not paid off as yet. Hopefully, Louis Moult could still come back to, to prove his, his wrong on, on that point. Um, but I've seen, you mentioned Kevin Van Veen. I've seen him getting a hell of a lot of flack. Um, in a game that he was getting flack, and he had um, Shields in, in one side and he had Morris in the other side. Um, see if Kevin Van Veen had... Fit Louis Moult up front, he would be a sensation. He's 
Yeah, there's times where he, he, his body language doesn't come up across great. And I, he's not been on fire all season, although his numbers are pretty decent, but he scored quite a few penalties. His performance against Ross County shows what he does, but I just don't get how quickly we jump on the the the, the, the players to give them, them grief. When he's really all we've got. He's playing through injury. He's not playing with the service that... that, that, that a good striker needs. Um, but secondary, we've been really quick to, not us as such, but supporters in general have been really quick to to, to point out that, that we're short up front in the gamble that were made. But Scream Alexander's left us in that position. All that should have been done in the in the, the summer and that's why he lost his job. And Stevie Hamill was up against the clock to get it and he'd done the best way he could at that particular time. I said at the game with, with Graham Alexander, we can't judge him in his first window. But what I will say is, in his first window, he signed probably the best left back that I've seen at Firth Park in a long, long time. Um, he's, I've said it before, it's takes took our best left back for a long time to sign our next left back. Um, he's been a joy to watch. Maybe more so in the attacking format, something's too, too far up the park. I think he is a sensational signing. I think we should do everything that we can to go and try and get him minimum till the end of the season. Um, I know that he's out of contract, but hopefully we can get him agreed in a pre-contract. But if his performances keep up, he can see somebody else coming in and, and stealing him from us because he is, I think, personally, he is that good. Um, there's not many players that you get up on loan that in the first month when um, player of the month Obviously, I've read tonight that he was close to getting um, Player of the Month for the second time, but should McKinstry win it with one vote? But again, is it Stevie Hamill that's brought McKinstry in? I don't think McKinstry's been absolutely outstanding, by the way. I think he's done well and he's progressing well. But the the, the signature, the, the signing a penny um, has certainly been one that's that's been um, he's been a delight to watch. I, I agree totally with, with what uh, with what Pepe was saying there. It's um, Matt Penny has come in at an area of the pitch where we've kind of struggled. We've struggled over the last couple of seasons to get somebody in there. Um, he's came in and he's he's given he's given that stability to the back four. He's also kind of constantly an outball for Kelly or any of the centre halves. He's always looking for the ball. He's always looking to get forward, sort of pretty unlucky not to score a goal against Harsh. Because um, he looks as if he's got a decent shot on him. It's something I've been thinking that can I, I really hope that we're, we are in talks to sort of to sign him permanently. It's I think can I, I think he's been robbed of the Player of the Month award. I was going to bring that up myself. Um, obviously, sort of, there'll be the. the the hometown sort of votes that, that went for one of our own to give it to Stuart McKinstry for this month. But it's, I think, kind of quite clearly, Matt Penny has been the outstanding player of the month. Um, uh, and I think he was a bit robbed in that. But uh, I, I, I do hope that we're able to sort of secure his services um, at, le- at least until the end of the season. Uh, because he'll, not only will he sort of be hard to replace, but it'll really disrupt the shape of the team sort of if we don't get somebody in of a similar sort of degree of kind of uh, type of player that, that Penny has shown to be, 
and it's I don't think we actually have that. I don't think any of the any of the guys who are out injured sort of are quite as um are quite at his level or sort of offer as much as he does. Um, so I uh, hopefully can I, hopefully we can get something sorted out for him. I, I did but laugh he, at the the accusation there that he was robbed of the the player of the month in October. I think that the media team at Motherwell may have thought that he was going to win it as well because they still ran with the the runners up video uh following the announcement that Stuart McKinstry got uh the player of the month. And then later on published one out of Stuart McKinstry's best bits from the last thirty one days. So yeah, I think that there might be a case where there was a late surge for Stuart McKinstry as well because it looked like uh, Muddle fully expected to be awarded Matt Penny that for the, the second successive month. See, just in relation to uh, loan deals with the club, I would like to, to think that the club have done a good bit of business in relation to uh, Penny with, with a pre contract type thing written into the agreement that we've got first picks on him. If you link back to the to the last loan signing that we wanted to extend, that done a dirty on us in St. Aberdeen, Nick Blackman, um, I'd like to think that the club have, have done something like that, which would then open up the door for us to sign them in a pre-contract come um, January. So hopefully that, that that's that's already in, in place. Um, but uh, you, you never know because um, it was obviously they've they've done a good. Uh, but a business sense in Rolando Arms, where they've been able to send him back to, to Huddersfield because they've obviously had to agree to pay some of his wage so that that money's off our budget. Um, so that was a common sense approach and it would probably factor into part of the gambles if they knew it was a gamble. Aye, that's it. In terms of the the deal to get Penny on a, a full-time basis, I, I guess the other thing you need to factor in is, along with cost, is, is where you're you're placed in the league and, and that's all going to really hinge on the three games until the break and then the three or four games following the break that take you into the January transfer window. So I think during that time we've got Kelly at home, St Myrna at home, I think that might be the, the wrong way around, but we've got them back to back at, at Fir Park, then a trip to Ibrooks, and then a trip to Livingston. So there's... The two home games especially are games that you would generally target six points from and it could put you in, in good stead going into the new year and and maybe shift the mindset that we, we could have a a potential to, to finish in the top six, potential to, to challenge for, for a European place or it might be the case that you're, you've not got the results you aspire to get and you're struggling at the bottom and you need someone that's been a key player during the first half of the season. So I, I think that a lot a lot's gonna depend on how the the coming weeks go and in terms of how we then recruit. It's interesting though to hear Stevie Hamill say that he's already got his eye on a a few players and he's targeting straight away a couple of big signings in January. So just in relation to you saying is um, challenging for Europe see if we do get into Europe is there any chance we could just say somebody else can have a shot this year because we are shit at it I wish we'd done that this year <laughs> the uh, no it was a good trip but uh, uh, it was uh, I, I, I don't fancy it very much but saying that hindsight being twenty twenty, 
it's not really went that great for any Scottish team in Europe. But I suppose Hearts would maybe argue that they've performed as expected. But uh, my words, since Dundee United seven 0 defeat, things have just got gradually and gradually worse. And yeah, it's been quite interesting seeing Celtic and Rangers regularly hammered in a midweek game. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it doesn't seem to make it much difference domestically where they're still every bit as dominant. Let's look ahead to the games coming up and we'll, we'll start, of course, with the, the upcoming trip to Tynecastle on Sunday. Jaffa Hearts in action tomorrow in Turkey. They'll be returning back. They've had a great deal of injury problems themselves to have to contend with. That said, Tynecastle not a happy hunting ground in, in recent years. Uh, you need to go back to 2019 since the last time we did re- register a victory there. It's going to be a tough one, but buoyed by the fact that we got the result at Tannadice last week. I'm sure it's one that the boys will fancy. See, that's the that's sort of thing. It's kind of, kind of obviously you're saying uh, you go back to 2019 before uh, for registering the last one. Got to remember that one of these seasons they weren't in the same league as us. So um, it's it's maybe not kind of it's maybe not as bad sort of reading as as it should be as well. Because obviously sort of you've got the top six, bottom six as well. So there's maybe sort of some seasons we've only played them once. Um, at Tynecastle, but uh, it's as you said, they're they're away in they're away in Turkey uh, tomorrow. Um, kind of flying back, uh, they've got their own, their own injury problems. I, you've got to go in sort of with a wee bit of confidence again. It's like I think kind of I think I, I they've been terrible at times this season. Um, they're they're not. I think kind of the, they're a point above us, aren't they, in the league? Um, so it's like it's not like they are they they are flying like they were last season, um, and I, I just think you've got to go in sort of where we bit a we bit of confidence, go in sort of play the football that we've been playing and just see what happens. It's like I think I think kind of we we could well do it. As I said, I've got I've got a a bit of confidence in the team um, going in to, to play them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, but when you look at the league positions of the sides, Hearts currently occupy six, Mother and seven. It's too early to declare a six-pointer or anything like that in terms of the, the top six. But we kind of looked at Hearts one in terms of the, the game at Fur Park. We were no way ruthless enough to get the points in that day, despite having, what was it, 25 attempts in goal. We come up against a pretty inspired Craig Gordon as well that day, it must be said. Has it been bringing a negative spin on yet? Uh, I don't see how that is going to change. We have created a lot of chances. Stuart McKinstry's taking that, that, that chance against Aberdeen, which I thought was a great goal, by the way. Um, but just look at Shields again on on a Saturday at Tanadice and that's not the first time that he's missed a chance like that. Um, so it's different if you've got different personnel to put in there, but unfortunately we don't we don't have that. Um, 
obviously say this constantly, and it's, if you go through the full league table, Pencastle, Easter Road are the two stadiums that, away from the old firm, I always find that are the most difficult. So for me, anything that we take for there is an absolute bonus because I don't really expect us to take anything for, for whatever reason. I'm never confident going to either of these two. Even when Hearts were going through the relegation, Hibs going through the releg- their, their poor seasons, we've not really had a great deal of a joy through there. It's probably all the stadiums that away from the old firm that I've seen as one in lease. Um, so, as I said, anything, anything's a, a bonus, and I'm, I feel really bad that Jaffa was really positive and um, doom and gloom as, as per as per usual. But I think it's more down to the fact that we've not really got much to change in the, the way of personnel. The performance against Dundee United wasn't great, um, but we got got the victory and in another day they could have they could have won the game and I just think Hearts have got a wee bit more quality so I'm getting a wee bit more cautious and not dreading it but not looking forward to it as much as as Jaffa only been to get a wee bit of a, a reality check for, for, for Jaffa and he can give me some his, his, um, his positive thinking And Jaffa will talk very briefly about the, the visit to Celtic a week today, we're recording on the, the Wednesday night. As I've mentioned, despite the fact that they've suffered a number of defeats, or maybe not as many as the rivals in Europe, but they've uh, they've suffered a number of, of defeats, including tonight's heavy defeat in Madrid. They're still going so far apart, full of confidence. Uh, they've won the last 14 Encounters between the sides, scored forty six goals in the process. It's a it's a bit of a daunting task. And going on the the last visit in the in the Premier Sports Cup, it's not one that I'll be particularly relishing. Aye, aye. Can I? It's a wee bit different sort of getting into a Celtic game, especially sort of in the back of the that the what what, what are you calling now the Via Play Cup uh, defeat that that we had. Um, it's it's one of these things that's sort of you're playing against Rangers you're playing against Rangers or Celtic, can I let's be honest, is the only chance you've got is if they have a if they have an off day and you have kind of you have a number of players within your squad having a particularly good day. And it's it's I think sort of in that cup game we had a chance which kind of may or may not have sort of stood. Um it may have been out of play. Don't know, but kind of we had a chance, didn't take it. We had another chance that we didn't take, um, and then it all clicked for Celtic, and we couldn't get near them. Uh, and that's that's the worry we that's the worry we when you're playing them, um, that when it all clicks for them, you can't. It's like they're playing a different game from you, um, and that's how it felt sort of um, in the cup. Uh, it's again, it's I missed the I missed the cup game. It's I watched it in a pub and. In Edinburgh because I was uh, I was going to see um, favourite band were, were playing um, and it's I actually thought they were playing in, in Edinburgh on the Thursday night and I bought my cup tickets and I thought I was going to go and see them in Glasgow on the Tuesday Edinburgh on the Thursday and go to the cup game on the Wednesday but it turned out that actually they were playing Edinburgh on the Wednesday so I had to watch in the pub and it's this time I'm not exactly going to see my favourite band but again I'll be watching my pub in London um, because I'm taking my mum down to see ABBA 
next week, so it's, uh, I won't actually be at the game. But it's, I as I said, they've got to have a, a really off day. They've got to have a couple of a couple of guys sort of making mistakes like they did against us at, at Parkhead, um, and sort of to give you any kind of chance. Um, but if they play the way they played in the league, the league cup game, then you you kind of you really don't have any chance. It doesn't matter sort of who you put there, or if you you were able to play with thirteen men, it's like when they're really on it, you can't really match them. So, um, just hope for hope they they have a bad day, mate. I said, if I've been in a, did you say Abba? I, I feel like fucking Mary McFly here. <laughs> It's that kind of it's that CGI thing that they're doing down in London. All right, I'm just waiting. Andy came on to see about to see the Beatles. Um, because I was like, ah, did he definitely see that? That's uh, it'll be an experience, mate. That's uh, as far as the excuses go for missing a game as well. Going to see Abba's right up there with the best of them. You know, thanks. I'm pretty sure we've got to win now, honest. I, I'm a big believer in the, the, the law averages, right? If I'm in a casino and there's 10 uh, reds in a row, then I'm putting every penny at my pocket on, on black. So what I'm trying to say is that how many times have we we've played Celtic that we've had absolutely nothing? We've, had, we've been so near, but yet so far, and it's got to break at some point. Um and the night that Big Jaff is away to see Abba is the night. <laughs> so, so you're pessimistic about the Hearts game in, in Sunday, but really, really optimistic about Celtic and Wednesday. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I know what's going to happen, Jaff. I'm going to walk in there, and the first song that I hear is an Abba song, and I'm going to think Jaff is actually dancing about to a computer graphic, you know, and we've got to watch Marl beating uh, Big Van Veen in the last minute. Everybody going mental on your um thank you for the music. <laughs> that'll be that will be, be, be my thoughts. I'll take that. I would take that. Well there we go, guys. This will forever be known as the podcast where Pepe broke any songs. So <laughs> and who would have expected it to be an ABBA one? But uh yeah, very much enjoyed that. And I think that's pretty much all we've got for this episode. Guys, it's been Great to be back and, and talking all things Motherwell. Thank you very much. Cheers, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Jaff has been a super tripper. <laughs> oh my You've God. been listening to the MFC podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. I'm nothing special. In fact, I'm a bit of a bore. If I tell a joke, You've probably heard it before But I have a talent, a wonderful thing Cause everyone listens when I start to sing I'm so grateful and proud All I want is to sing it out loud So I say thank you for the music, the song
I wanna see 